Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay and today I have the lovely Anna with me. As always. (laughs) As always. Hi Anna, how are you doing? I'm good. Hi everyone. What we've decided to do is another little catch-up episode because airing shortly will be an episode where Anna's been talking about her challenges that she's recently been having and She's just been reflecting now to me that so much of the challenges that she spoke about in that previous episode, she actually feels very, very different now compared to that episode when we recorded it. So we're going to just chat a little bit and catch you up about where we are, what we've been doing and um, some of the lessons and learnings and things that we want to share with you today. So that is where we're going to go with the show. Yeah, I was actually just, as you were talking, looking at my calendar and I know because I have all the details in Zoom that we recorded that episode on the 25th of April and it's it's going to be published, I guess, 27th of May. It's the 23rd today. So it was exactly four weeks ago that we recorded that episode. And I had a little sneaky listen back last night because I couldn't really remember like what we talked about. And I just feel like so much has happened positively since we created that episode and with my own health journey. So I think it would just be nice to kind of give everybody a little bit of an update on what I've been doing to help myself some of the lessons and learnings and kind of where I'm at. 
I love it. So take it away. (laughs) (laughs) I think when we did that episode, I just, it was just after Easter weekend, looking at my calendar again to work all of this out. And it was quite funny because I had just literally just before Easter weekend started like really making some changes to help myself, like reducing the amounts of carbohydrates in my diet, remortgaging my house to pay for all my supplements, measuring my blood sugar and looking at how my body was just responding to meals. I quit the gym and yeah, there were a lot, a lot of changes that, are, that have happened. And, and unfortunately, Easter time, we got given so many chocolates, but Ben took one for the team. I kind of separated all the chocolates out and I was like, These are, that's your chocolates, your share that you can eat in your time. And he ate them in like three days. And then these are my chocolates that I'll eat in my time. And I was just having like one. But then I thought, oh, I've got a good idea. I'll sell my chocolates back to Ben. That's <laughs> <laughs> an entrepreneurial woman here. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just not going to get through them quickly enough. But it was more just like, I'll give you a chocolate if you do this for me. I'll give you a chocolate if you do that for me. So basically so, bribery, modern day bribery. <laughs> I use my Easter chocolates to bribe Ben to do stuff for me. Like, oh, you just cook me dinner while I'm at yoga, which is actually a very husbandly thing. He should do that anyway. But um, there was a little bit more incentive to make it a nice dinner. (laughs) 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 But that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a detour in terms of the conversation. But it's just been so incredible to me that what a difference those four weeks have made on so many levels. So we always record this podcast on a Thursday and Thursday is usually, I would say it has the potential to be not such a great day for me because I'm teaching yoga in the evening, the night before it's quite a lot of stress on my body. That's Jacob scratching bed and, um, and I can usually feel very tired and I've been tracking a lot of data as we've talked about my resting heart rate, my heart rate variability. And today I had like what I would call a normal resting heart rate and heart rate variability. So the stats would look like the stats I would expect on just like a regular normal good day not what they have been over the past few weeks, which is always a little bit elevated in terms of my heart rate and a little bit low in terms of my heart rate variability on the Thursday morning due to the impact of teaching on the Wednesday night. So I'm really celebrating that today, like these small wins. And I guess when you have the data, you can really start to see the progress. And sometimes it's easy to forget and you know, when you do have these ups and downs, you can feel a bit low and want to beat yourself up or whatever. But when you have that evidence, it's a nice little reminder that things are shifting and things are improving. Do you think that there could be the counter to that as um, maybe you're feeling really great and you're feeling really good, but then you look at the data and it says, oh, actually things aren't so good. Sorry. And you can... <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah and then, then, do you think that can trip you in the other direction? I think it can work both ways, actually, because sometimes I've had really good stats and I've just been like, no, something is coming. I don't feel as good as what I should. Um, Or yeah, sometimes I've had poor stats and been like, oh, I feel better than this. But I think that it all sort of reveals itself in time. And that's part of the learning is that I don't think you can hang your hat on any one thing and be like, but my data said that I was supposed to have a good day or whatever it is. I always think it is about coming back to your body and honoring your body. And sometimes you can't always see what you need to see. 
And as an example, this week, I was kind of looking at my heart rate. It's been a bit higher this week and I've been looking at it going, this looks like something is getting worse. This looks like something is getting worse. And I was trying to think like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then yesterday I just felt so hungry. I've been doing two meals a day, like an intermittent fast, doing two meals a day. And I was just thought, I really just need to eat a meal now. And I did. And I just gave myself permission to eat, which means I was going to eat three meals. I was going to eat a lot more, but it was very much, I was just like, had this knowing that that's what my body needed, just needed more fuel. And it's interesting today that my stats are actually the best that they've been for a Thursday because I took that cue through just like using the data, but then also tuning into my body and then trying to work out what it could mean to come to a decision and then honoring that decision and just giving myself that nourishment that it was craving. And what is your reasoning for currently doing the intermittent fasting or two meals only? The whole process has been towards making me more metabolically flexible. And we've talked about metabolic flexibility on the show previously when we did the energy episodes. And this is where it's so ironic now, because there I was on the show talking about the importance of metabolic flexibility, not clocking that this was actually a problem for me. And this is, I guess, where having these outside eyes looking in or someone who can maybe see what you can't see is can be so valuable. So it was highlighted to me that this was something I needed to work on and, and I have been working on. So since we spoke, I've been gradually reducing my carbohydrate in, intake. It's I was kind of having like 100, 120 grams a day, bringing it down to 75 and now 50 grams a day. And you know, obviously a, lot, a huge portion of that is fiber and reducing the sugars and increasing my fats. So I've been eating still a good amount of calories. I'm getting enough energy, but I've been teaching my body to use fat as a fuel source so that essentially I'm more metabolically flexible. And this is quite important for mitochondria health and repair. The mitochondria are the parts of the cells that burn fat as fuel. And if we're eating a lot of sugar, if we're eating very regularly throughout the day, if we're very dependent on carbohydrate as a fuel source, the mitochondria are just like, well, we've got nothing to do here. Let's go on holiday. And then that can have an implication in energy levels. That can have an implication in many diseases. That can have an implication in mental health. And a lot of the symptoms I was getting were symptoms of low cognitive energy. So, you know, having the brain fog, the tiredness between my, behind my eyes, difficulty concentrating, it's all a sign that the cognitive system isn't getting enough energy. And so by reducing dietary carbohydrates, by having periods of not eating, so fasting, this enables the, we call it brain pull. So then it means that the brain is forced to pull energetic resources towards itself and the immune system is also being starved. The immune, an active immune system loves to feed on sugar. So if the brain starts to pull, it pulls away from the immune system, which can dampen down inflammation. And then obviously more, more energy is going to the brain. So there's more and improved cognitive function, which is definitely what I'm experiencing. It's like, I can think straight. Which is amazing. <laughs> well, that is very positive sounding. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting to me to talk about this now because 
I know the stuff, I know the theory, but being able to see how you need to apply the theory to yourself is very, very different. Mm. And I think also when you're in it, you are not as objective as when you are helping somebody else through it. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've recommended the exact strategies I'm using on myself. I've recommended to other clients of mine and just never been ready or prepared or thought to turn that lens just the other way to look at myself. Mm, so interesting. And something actually came to mind because I shared a little bit about my progress on my Instagram and Lacey Chittle, who's been helping me as, as my external set of eyes with all of this, she sent me a message and she... (laughs) 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 Sorry, but Anna's cat just like did a flying leap across the screen behind her head, which nearly knocked her out. Sorry, that was very hilarious. Now he's going to sit down and have a nap. <laughs> no, that was very much, that was energy expenditure from your cat. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry well, on. You're <laughs> but yeah, so I, I put this post on Facebook about my progress and, and Lacey, who's been helping me, she actually messaged me and she's like, you have no idea how fast you are getting better. She says with these issues, they can take months. It can take months for people to make the progress that you've made in a a few weeks. I was just quite like, Oh, because I was, you know, you were just having your experience and you just think that that's what's supposed to happen. And so it was quite surprising for me to hear that, that she, that I was as, you know, obviously it was really cool because I'm an achiever. So I was (laughs) achieving (laughs) at my health. Um, which is awesome. Then that just makes me more motivated to continue. So, but it was really cool to hear that. And that actually got me thinking a lot about more of like the woo-woo side of things. And, you know, there is this like idea that this love energy is a healing energy. And when you have more love in the system, healing happens faster. And that's what Colleen always used to say to me is, you know, the love and the healing just gets people there faster. And I think at one point in time, I was beating myself up because I felt like I'd looked so much towards these love practices for healing that it had completely diverted my gaze away from the physical pieces. But now I see that all those love practices were kind of just like creating that space. So when the physical stuff came in, it could just work really fast and and really well. And then that reminded me of when I went to go and see the tarot reader and energy healer at the end of last year, and I had paid him to do a tarot reading and then a Reiki healing session afterwards. We did the tarot reading and then when we got to the Reiki section, he gave me my money back and he said, you don't need Reiki, you can heal yourself. And at the time I was just a bit like, okay, I don't know what that means. I feel awful. <laughs> Can't you help me <laughs> kind of thing? Um, but yeah, just, just kind of like, I was like, okay, you know, and sat with it and took it. And, and now I can, that is kind of making a little bit of sense to me is that we all have this miraculous ability to heal. And sometimes we need to ask for help. And I think the spirit junkie book that you've recommended recently, Gabrielle Bernstein says that spirit comes through people. And so there have been certain people, yourself being one of them, who have been ways in which spirit has come through to guide me. But essentially, my healing has been my responsibility. And I did a lot of the love 
based work, but now it's doing the physical based work and now I'm doing both. My body is healing itself, which is, I think is just really beautiful. Oh, I love that. And it is, it's true. Like it has to come through both things and both um, modalities. Like, and that's the whole union practice of yoga. And I think we mentioned in, in one of the previous episodes is that there's the spiritual, the, the, the that side of it, the energy side, the healing side, the woo-woo side, and then there's the body side. And when we can marry those together, then it is a state of miracle. It is a state of healing and we have to be open to that because I think if we not, and that's probably what you're referring to as this love energy is the ability to be open and receiving. Um, you know, if the energy of the heart is love, it's also a very receiving energy. So we have to be in that space to be able to receive it so that when we do the practices that are the more tangible things, they can really settle into the body in a way that is more powerful and is more conducive to faster, quicker healing. So I love that. Yeah. And the final piece also to say on all of that is I think I also just want to say as a disclaimer, I don't feel like I'm fixed yet or I'm healed yet. This is a journey, but I think I just feel so much further along on this journey now compared to four weeks ago. And in the initial stages of this, I felt a little bit confused and because I was like, well, I'm, it was like the whole, I'm not good enough story. Like I'm not good enough because I couldn't work this out for myself and I couldn't help myself and I needed to get someone else to help me. And maybe this is not the work I'm supposed to be doing in the world. Like all the stories, you know, you know how, it, how they come. And now what I've realized through actually doing the work and doing the process, I am so in love with all of the stuff that I'm doing. Like I'm loving the way I'm eating. I'm loving collecting the data. I'm just loving all the things I'm doing to take after myself, which I think contributes to the progress. Because if, if you're doing things, but you're seeing it through the lens of this is what I've got to do to get better, the results are going to be very different. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to like eat this food and prick my finger and take my blood and <laughs> eat all these supplements, like totally different energy coming in there. And I think I've always felt like a little bit like the, these two parts of me were just so separate, which is that kind of more spiritual side and then the kind of geeky sciencey spreadsheet side. And now I kind of, I, I think it's, it's falling into place how they connect is because you need, you need both. You need that union. I mean, Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot and it's in many different books and on many different quantum things about this emotional frequency scale. And it's something that I've been um, drawing for the member site at the moment, but the emotional frequency scale, the bottom energies, the bottom emotions like grief, like apathy, they are very condensed, heavy feeling emotion in the body. Whereas what you're talking about, that energy of love, that energy of acceptance, that energy of um, peace is a much higher frequency in the body. So I think that automatically contributes to a much faster, more expansive healing because you've got that elevated state in the body through the emotions that you're experiencing when you are working through this. And even just the fact of acceptance, as soon as you take away the resistance to whatever it is you, that you're experiencing. So, you know, when you first had all this, this stuff going on and you had all those thoughts coming up about, oh, you know, like I shouldn't, I should be the one to be able to fix myself and I need to ask for help. And it's this big resistance and I have to let go of the gym and all these things that are kind of stopping you from actually taking action. Once you have that accepting piece that moves you up on that emotional frequency scale and then you can receive and be in tune with 
actually what your body needs and that healing process comes a lot faster. Just to refer back to that spirit junkie book, which I think we're going to get onto in a second, is that um, I think one of the lines in the book is she said, like, when you hit rock bottom, it means that you have to ask for help. And I really felt like it kind of was my rock bottom when I was just feeling so low in energy and so low in my mood and just, yeah, low generally that was the moment when I just had to surrender to the process and be like, okay, it's time to get help. Yeah, I've really loved that book. And there's so many practices that I've taken from it and implemented into my day and implemented into my week. And I've seen such drastic results from it. Every single night, I think we mentioned in a previous show, but every single night I've been lying on my bed, putting my hand on my heart and just asking to be open and to be willing and allowing to receive whatever it is, guidance and that inner voice, that inner teacher, that inner wisdom, whatever it is that you choose to term it. I don't think it really matters, but I think you do have to be careful about choosing a word that doesn't get let your ego trip up on it. And that's something that I have been observing in my own self in the past week. I've been listening to another audiobook in the car and it's quite a heavy book. It's A Course in Miracles, which is um, Gabby Bernstein references a lot in her Spirit Junkie book, but it's quite a heavy book. And there's, there's lots of words like God and spirit and the sonship. And it's, it's, it can be quite heavy if you're listening to it just without context and, you know, really receive in a place that you are willing to receive that kind of information. But it really does speak to my heart and it, it, it really hits home in a very true and authentic way for me. But the other day I was driving back from a yoga class and it was playing and I had my window wound down because it was hot. And as I'm driving, the traffic was really slow and the cars are quite stationary and there's people walking past. I'm just thinking to myself, wow, if these people are walking past and they're hearing all this crazy words and stuff that is being blasted out on the, on the speakers or whatever, they're going to think that I'm a stark raving lunatic. Like they're going to think that I'm crazy. So now I'm observing this thought because my ego is so attached to this idea of not being seen as a crazy person. And you are a crazy person. I am a crazy person. I know I just had to own it, (laughs) but it's been very interesting to me to observe that in myself and to, so to say how, how the ego does not like to be in that position because anything that is really connected to the heart and really connected to this idea of being just pure love, pure consciousness, and which is so many of these spiritual books, they teach the same thing again and again and again. You are pure consciousness. You are love. You are whatever essence, spirit, soul, source, God, whatever, whatever term works for you that doesn't trip up the ego too much, but you are that thing. And What's scary for the ego when we accept that is that the ego has no place in that. There's no place for the ego to be when you fully accept that you just are the energy of love or you are the energy of consciousness or you are the energy of source, spirit, God, soul, whatever it is that works for you. But that's a very scary place for the ego. So the ego will fight and resist it as much as it can. So that's why when I'm sitting in the car and suddenly my ego is going, wow, you can't listen to this stuff. People are going to think you're crazy. Oh, I must turn up the window or turn down the audio book. So it's been a very interesting process to observe that. And once you can observe that, I'm like, oh, this is my ego talking. So let my ego sit beside me and it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But here we are. So... Uh, it's been a very, a very interesting journey for me in that sense. But it's a, it's a really good book, and um, both Spirit Junkie and A Course in Miracles. Although definitely start with the the easier route in is the course is the Spirit Junkie book if you're interested in it. Are you 
Each week, we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore Nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore Color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So you recommended the book to me last week, and I've started listening to it on Audible, and there are certain journaling exercises and meditations that you do with it, but I haven't got around to doing those because mostly I'm listening to the book when I'm walking my cat, and um, it's not really the appropriate time and place, but I will go back to it. But I think one of the things that was a realization for me when she talks about making other people special so that essentially they're better than you, like, you know, the people who are maybe walking past your car and then you were making them special because you made their opinion of what you were listening to more important than your own. Or the flip side of that is in making yourself special, thinking that we're better than other people as a kind of protective mechanism. And it was just interesting to realize I do that so much. And I was thinking about like when I teach yoga and I, everybody kind of goes into the room and then I'll come in afterwards and everybody's lying down and you kind of have to break that ice when everybody's all comfortable on their back, just enjoying themselves and be like, okay, we've got to move now. And I always feel so nervous because I make all the people in the class like so special and I'm worried like, are they going to have their needs met? Is the class going to be a nice class for them? Are they going to enjoy it? You know, all these things, all these stories about making like, you know, what other people think matter more than actually when people ask me, I just say, oh, I just teach yoga for fun. And when I'm worrying about everybody else's needs, I'm not actually showing up and, and just teaching for fun. Mm. My, on my reflection from that, what I took away from that, putting other people as special, and it's something that I've actually got an uh, Instagram that I want to share about it in more detail. But I have 
forever since the beginning of my yoga teacher journey have put yoga girl Rachel Brayton as someone who is completely special. And the whole teaching of that book is that when we put someone in a position that is more special than us, we create separation for ourselves. So the whole practice of yoga, the whole practice and the whole concept of this idea of Atman and Brahman is that we are connected. We are all part of the same thing. And someone else's high vibeness is the same as your high vibeness. So we should celebrate other people's success. We, sh we should celebrate other people feeling good. And we are connected to that same source, that same energy, that same thing. So when I put yoga girl on a pedestal, it's saying that she is this amazing yoga teacher and I am separate from that. Whereas if I can recognize that she is an amazing yoga teacher and so am I, because we are the same like essence, the same energy, it creates a massive shift. So it might not be something for you if you're listening, it might not be something that's so tangible, but there might be friends or people in your relationships or people in your friendship circle that you think are better than you because of them having X, Y, Z or this house, that job, that relationship, whatever it is, but you put these people on a plane that's a little bit above you or just separate from you. And it creates that separation and that distance is what makes you feel isolated and lonely. And then that's when you go down into those lower states of emotional frequency, which keeps you stagnant because it's a much heavier, denser energy. Yeah. And I remember saying to a lot of my clients is like, we can only, we can only see in other people what we recognize in ourselves. So to be able to identify anger, for example, we have to have an experience of anger to identify happiness. We need to be able to have an experience of happiness. So we cannot acknowledge anything in anyone else unless it is like within us as well. And that can work both ways, but what I like to do for clients who maybe have low self-esteem or low self-confidence, maybe getting stuck in the comparison trap is notice what they're identifying in other people that, as you say, is creating that separation, but then turn that mirror back on themselves and look for and identify where, which part of themselves embodies that. And that's something as well. Whatever you are perceiving within someone else is what you are strengthening within yourself. So if you are perceiving other people to be filled with love, then that is what you are strengthening in yourself. But if you are perceiving other people to be judging you, to be critical of you, to be whatever it is, that is exactly what you're strengthening within yourself. So have that maybe as a takeaway or a practice that you can go through this next week of really seeing how you are perceiving people from the outside world because all you have is your experience through your perception of life. So the outside world is not going to change. The external is not going to change, but your inner world can change if you do the work. Yeah. And a very, very small change can make a big difference. Mm, totally agree. Is there anything else that you want to share about your health journey? I have just said to myself, like I'm committing to these practices, what I'm doing, this lifestyle for at least six months. And I'm sure we'll do a few more updates as the time goes by. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it on your upward and upward journey. My healing adventure. <laughs> your healing adventure. Well, thank you for sharing it with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening. And if you haven't already done your review to enter into the competition to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat program and Shay's yoga guide, make sure you do that. Absolutely everybody who leaves a review and then shares it through Instagram on their feed or their stories will get an incredible, relaxing, amazing yoga nidra from Shay herself. So it's totally worth doing and you'll be 
in the running for the best prize. <laughs> and thank you on that note to I think it was Amanda Ritchie who shared on the sleep episode. Um, so we really appreciate all your love and comments and feedback and sharing it with other people as it really helps us spread the good vibes. So thank you so much, guys, and we will see you again next week. See you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Daya Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.